This is where the fun begins. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Can't lose! King Kong ain't got shit on me! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Say my name. And here we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Grab your snacks, get your popcorn ready. It's about to get realist. I'm your host, Matthew Serrato, joined today by the great Derek Meyer. How are you doing today, <laughs> sir? Doing well, bro. Good to see you. Good to see yeah. you. It's good to see you too, bro. And yes, unfortunately, uh, you know, Chris couldn't join us today, but we hope to catch him on the next episode. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So today we're going to be discussing the state of Sony Marvel, the cast of the MCU's new Fantastic Four movie, as well as a movie review on The Holdovers directed by Alexander Payne. But before we get into all of that, we want to remind you to follow us on all our social media platforms, OTS Media Co. and OTS Media on YouTube. And make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. But before moving forward, Derek, where can they find you at? Yeah, yeah, you can follow me at Derek underscore OTS. That's D E R R I C K, the black way to spell it, especially in Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. They can find you. Yes, sir. And you can always find me over on Instagram, Matt underscore T29. Um, very much looking forward to this episode, uh, playing sir. to discuss in the, in the film world. And that begins with Sony. Um, yeah. Particularly their uh spider-man franchise thing so very recently uh this past weekend in fact uh sony released man of web uh which received great reviews um so great that it has a 15 percent on rotten tomatoes which is worse than morbius um <laughs> has made less than uh 50 million dollars at the box office within a yeah. seven day seven to eight day span um, and is very much a clear indication of the kind of quality of movies that we've been receiving in the past two to four years. So I really just wanted to ask you quite bluntly, like, what's what's wrong with them? Like, why did they keep dulling out movie after movie? Are they that confident in, in, in what they're producing? Is it just they don't care and they know that they'll make money? Like what is uh what's the main problem here so yeah i think what you just said is really it they know they're gonna make money like i don't really think that they actually care about the quality of the film um because if they did they would just work with marvel with disney on everything they need to work on um because to me madam webb sounded like uh, it was something that definitely should have been uh, included with MCU. I'm not sure what their licensing is uh, with that character uh, in regards to how that works with between Sony and and Disney, but I think that was something that they really could have uh, done. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I think Sony has an issue where you just hmm. You know how you can't really teach a man a lesson that he thinks he already knows? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, yeah. that's Sony, man. That pretty much yep. sums Sony up in, in a nutshell. I think they believe they are significantly better than they actually are. 
Um, mm-hmm. it, it gets me um, nervous about, you know, how everything's going to go with, with Spider-Man because, you know, there there's dispute over the um, creative uh, uh, outlook with it and yeah. how how everything's going to happen with Tom Holland's... Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be his final film. I don't, ex- I don't think he's going to come back uh, after this. You think so? Um, yeah, I, I, it doesn't seem like it's something that he's he wants to do because you're seeing him actually um, take on different roles in different movies, and uh, I think right now he's he's working on Broadway. Um, I think he wants to kind of like broaden his horizons, and that's fine. That's fine. I think we need to go ahead and go into the Miles Morales uh, lane anyway. Um, but. It makes me also nervous because I, I I know the the Tobey Maguire movie is what people want to see, right? So how does this how does this whole thing go moving forward uh, with with Spider Man in general? Because I'm assuming under uh, Andrew Garfield is going to try and work on his film. Yeah. So I don't know, like I don't know what they're doing because the 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 reviews for Madam Web coming out sounded like this was going to be a significantly great film like the way everybody was talking about it, i'm like oh this is gonna be okay i'm yeah and i i think uh it you said made a made a lot of great points i think sony is, is caught in my sneaky suspicion in, in, <laughs> literally that that's <laughs> <laughs> got the dad jokes rolling and i love it yeah i'm sorry it. man i couldn't help that one <laughs> um <laughs> but honestly that's like the moral of the story right and yeah my couple points that I, I wanted to touch on really expand upon that i think you brought i love how you brought up so but firstly like my sneaky suspicion and i'm not aware of how uh contracts go specifically when you're retaining rights to certain franchises or characters I'm under the assumption that in order to prevent a breach in contract or a contract expiring, you mm-hmm. have no choice but to release X amount of projects within yes. a certain time frame. So yes. that's the incentive aspect for Sony, right? Yeah. They 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 lose all rights to, to Spider-Man if they you know don't release X amount of films and so forth. I don't, unfortunately, I don't know the, the full details, but I would say I appreciate the clarification. So, right out of the gate, we know for a fact that they're simply doing this because the franchise itself is a moneymaker. I think mm-hmm. because their films have been have been so bad and that they've outright paid reviewers. Like, they definitely pay reviewers. Um, and I make yeah. that accusation yeah. because in their Madam Web uh, official Instagram account, you have actual bots saying like great fun movie or you know spewing oh. out the same characters you know um yeah. and they were reaching to the bottom of the barrel for anything remotely positive about this movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah so the irony of it all is that this movie is going to be memed it's going to be talked about on social media and what's going to happen, I, I can guarantee you, is a mob a Mobius situation or Morbius situation, excuse me, where you you know like the whole like is Morbin time memes and all the other <laughs> n- nonsense that came out of it. So yeah. if you remember, Sony re-released the movie in theaters and it mm-hmm. bombed again. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I actually yeah. think they're gonna do it with Madden Web because one, the, the movie's flop. Doesn't out of the yes. gate, and that's of no disrespect to the actresses who I presumed were tricked into thinking they were gonna be in the MCU. I can guarantee you that's how Sony is getting so many talented actors to be a part of these projects. Um, and I do the other aspect too, is like honestly, they just don't know what they're doing. They don't. They really don't. They don't. Um, and to emphasize that, there's been a lot of reports coming out recently. Because you funny how you mentioned Tom Holland, but you know, last film being Spider Man Four or you know whatever kind of story they they want to make out of it. Um. Kevin Feige and the executives over at Sony are getting into a class on that they want the movie to be a grounded Spider-Man story, which, for the record, would tie into the ending of No Way Home, which literally would transition him to the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that everyone knows and loves from the comics, or yeah. they want to do another multiverse story. So they're so the desperate, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You know, you know, go ahead, bro. I, I, that's the thing, though. They don't need to. We don't need another multiverse story with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, he's already been included in how many mm, like grand spatial, you know, uh, 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 expeditions. <laughs> I, like we don't, we don't need that. We don't need. That. And yeah. I, I think they're doing too much, man. They're doing too much. And here's the thing, too, like. I had hopes for Madam Web. And what you just said makes all the sense in the world that they promised these actors that they were going to be in the MCU. That makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Because tell me, please tell me, are you excited about this Craven movie? The only aspect that I'm ex- I would I was excited about was the R rating. I think that was yeah. a great direction yeah. to, to take with a character as brutal as Craven. Um, but then the trailer came out and was about as bad as I should have, we should have expected, but (laughs) I didn't, I didn't even see the trailer, but seeing the poster, I was so, I was highly disappointed, man, because Craven is like this huge Mm. presence. He's, and this looks like. Raven before like the super serum or something like that. It's just, it's not, it's not the character I was hoping to 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 see. And again, it's Sony like not doing something right, which is yeah. not it's it's not far fetched. That's they're they're always going to do something that that's not right. But when you want to be a part of the MCU, which they are trying to angle themselves to be, you you can't do that. Like and you not have everything together. You have to have the storyline together. Everything has to match. Morbius, did you see Morbius? I still haven't seen it. No. I, I just I can't bring myself to watch it. Yeah. I can't bring myself to watch it, man. I is I still haven't watched the the was the this is another Venom, uh, Venom movie that came out, right? Oh, let the there be let there be oh yeah if yeah I didn't watch that. Don't don't do that to yourself. Uh, as I as could... as a friend, as, <laughs> uh, as as your brother, like I would, I would never yeah, subject you to that. Don't, please don't, do not do that to yourself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's Sony, bro. Yeah, it's respect any circuit. It's Tom Hardy, by the way. But, yeah. Say again. 
I was like, respect the Andy Circus and Tom Hardy, not trying to, you know, trash See, on and that's a, and everything. That's the thing that sucks everything. because they're yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. They need to be in the MCU. Yeah. And, and that's well, Andy Circus is, but yeah. And I also, it is something that I think we, you know, we discussed multiple times. Like, in situations like this, like, I don't, I'm going to criticize, the, you know, the, the filmmaking aspects. We're going to criticize the filmmaking aspects. But I don't necessarily blame the director Matt Webb. I don't necessarily I don't blame Andy Serkis yeah. or Ruben yeah. Ruben, uh, Ruben Fincher or Lester for for the first Venom. Like mm-hmm. I'll put it like this: when you're given poop, what can you do with it? Nothing. So at all, like except not even it. the greatest actors or directors <laughs> can make no anything you know that was a weird analogy but you know what i'm saying like it's just yeah, not giving anything you. like they're just they're, they're not. you know it's it's just, it's a shame and you know i i hope this uh, genuinely truthfully i hope sony loses the rights i hope amy pa- yeah. pascal loses her job because she is clueless i, I think avi Arad is debatably not even debatably the worst producer in all of hollywood or one of the worst producers in all of hollywood and it turns up his genuine misunderstanding of what makes spider-man good or his characters good um mm. they just need they need to start they need to go from the bottom up so yeah at this point and again like no disrespect to them obviously it's just on, on a human level but as people with their their power and their influence it's it's shameful it is. It's shameful practice, honestly, to yeah. to just be these overly controlling, you know, studio heads who think you know everything. It's like, no, you don't. All you know about is how to make yeah. money. And yeah. you market movies the exact same way. You give us a three-minute short film that tells me everything I need to know about the movie. And you saved me, you know, usually, you know, I go, obviously, I'm sure, you know, you go with you know, um, you know, your your close friends. I go, you know, Angel and John are my close friends too. Like, mm-hmm. what we're we're saving what fifty bucks? Oh yeah. So thank you. If that's yeah. one thing good you do, you're telling us why not to watch your movie. So yeah, <laughs> appreciate you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it's just and the, terrible. The 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 um I don't know her name, but the 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 lady that was playing um does the main character in Madam Web. Uh, she said that when she signed on to the movie, it was something totally different. Yeah, than what the script was. Like the story was supposed to be something totally different than what she signed on for. Yeah, and so it it like it makes me think like now should should Sony be responsible for um uh almost like a a a. a What's the right way to say it? Almost like misdirecting these actors and like <sighs> mischaracterizing the 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 project that they're bringing on because it's it is it is a, a false advertisement. Yeah, I, I think it's it's signing a deal with the devil. <laughs> in, oh yeah, you know, in, in, in yeah. a lot of respects. I mean, yeah. um, can I give you? Do you ever plan on watching Madam Web? Is that a curiosity? Or because I was I was gonna At offer a quick spoiler, point, but 
at some point I think I will. Um, I still I I don't know. That's the thing. I'm I'm not <laughs> sure at this point. Yeah, because I I can say I will. Like I said, I was gonna watch Morbius. Morbius has been on streaming for I don't know maybe like the last six months or so. Yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting about it. Yeah. Like I, I think at some point I'm gonna watch it, but eh. yeah. Can I? Um, I don't know. Can I offer a a slight spoiler? Slight. Slight. So they they scrapped all Peter Parker references from the movie, and reviews that I have seen and heard. Like the movie becomes this like jumbled mess because you could definitely tell that there are parts of the movie they just outright cut and it just makes it for even harder viewing like viewing experience. Um yeah, so I won't go into details about that. like yeah. how noticeable it is because there, there's one particular uh plot point that you'll go really like you're dad afraid to to reference anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um but yeah, it's uh it's disgraceful. Um but in good news though, um going into our <laughs> if we were all if we were all finished up here, um yes, sir. I mean, yeah, finished up here, but um the Fantastic Four MCU's Fantastic Four uh cast was released um on Valentine's Day. Um yeah. with with some you know pretty great actors. Uh Pedro Pascal will be playing Reed Richards. And or Mr. Fantastic. Uh Vanessa Kirby will be playing Stu Storm, aka the Invisible Woman. Uh Joseph Quinn will be playing Johnny Storm and the Human Torch. And then Ebon Moss Botrach, if I pronounce his last name correctly, um, will be starring as Ben Grimm, aka the thing. Um so yeah, I, I was just kind of curious sort of what your thoughts are um on the casting choices and um if this is a, a highly anticipated you know, Marvel project of yours. So, I was disappointed, and I'll I'll tell you why. I I I'm I was hoping for John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. I like that's what my heart was set on. Now I love Pedro Pascal, right? I know he's gonna he's gonna kill this role, so I have no doubts about it. I don't. I I think this movie is gonna be phenomenal. I actually yeah. love the 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 number four logo, um, as well. So I think that they're on the right path. Uh, Joseph Quinn, I think, is gonna. He did a phenomenal job in, in Stranger Things. Yeah, I think so. so I'm, I I I can't I can't say that he he's not gonna kill this role. He looks like he'll be able to kill the role. Uh, Ebon, we know him from from the Bear. I I, I love his uh, his approach. Um, to 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 stories. So yeah, I think he's gonna kill the role. I know nothing about Vanessa Kirby, um, so I'm kind of neutral on her. I'm, you know, wait and see. But if I'm not mistaken, I think that based off of the artwork that they showed, this is going to be uh, 1960s. Like 1960s, yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be very intriguing to see what they do with this because I it made me think: Are we going to are they gonna go back in time like WandaVision and then bring it to modern day? My um, um no, good, good. I don't know if I should say because I don't want to like spoil it if it ends up being true, kind of thing. Okay. But 
I'll put it like this. Um, there's a reason the multiverse exists. Yes. yes. So yes, I think maybe you can sort of discern what I'm what I'm what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll put it yeah. this way: there's a lot of possibilities. So there's that, and then there's also, yes. you know, uh, something else. We'll say, okay. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and and that's the thing. I, I know is is the multiverse is going to be is definitely going to be included with this. So that, that's kind of like what I was thinking about was. With if that was gonna be it, but my hope, I mean, I guess we're still probably within that realm. Um, was that the the they were gonna show the origin story, which is gonna be um in the quantum realm, right? That was kind of like what I was assuming. Now I don't know if that's gonna be something that they still reference after the whole Ant Man, Quantum Mania. Uh, a film who knows but I think that would be a lost opportunity if they don't so I I, I think I'm excited I am excited about the film it's, it comes out next year so that's going to be one that I think we should definitely like see and, 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 and review if possible in person because yeah. that one that that's going to be a good movie I'm assuming it's going to be really good because I think the MCU has no choice but to make this next phase their best one. Yeah. I they have think, no choice. Yeah. I'm, um... Yeah, what is really the first thing? I am impartial on really one casting choice, and that's Pedro. So, okay. Pedro is a phenomenal actor. He is. Obviously. Um, yes. But I can't help but shake the feeling that there were far better... There were far better choices for this mm -hmm. character than Pedro. And I think he was prioritized largely because of his popularity recently. He's been right. in a lot of TV right. shows, been in a lot of movies, and he obviously has that acting ability. Now, mm -hmm. I say that now and watch this dude, you know, end up being the best read, gives the best performance in the movie. Everything that wouldn't shock me, honestly, because Pedro approaches yeah. his craft very, very distinctly. He has a great camaraderie with every single cast and crew. There's really nothing bad you could say about him. He's just a hard worker. So I don't doubt his ability. I just don't know if he's the most intelligent man in the in in, in the Marvel universe. Like I I I can't see that vision right now. We yes. just have to wait and see until you know trailer comes out. But like I said, it's not like a knock on him. It's just like he wouldn't he wouldn't have been like my first choice. To play Reed Richards. Was 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 Krasinski your first choice? No, because I think Krasinski was probably the worst of the bunch. Ooh. To be honest with you, wow. Who was your choice for? So my choice was either it's probably like a hot like a hot take. My choice was bringing back the original Mister Fantastic, and then giving him like Ooh. actual material to work with. And I know this kind of this kind uh, of a bold one. Yeah. Or my other choice was either going to be um, Adam Driver. Or um, oh, well, I do want to clarify the original actor. I wanted to be in place of Krasinski in Multiverse of Madness, actually. But in terms okay. of like the new okay. iteration, so I think I should clear technically clarify that the new iteration. I either want Adam Driver or um, and I'm forgetting what, what was it? What was the guy's name? I can't remember. What's I remember, yeah. 
I'm sure it was it I think at one point it says Cillian Murphy. Edge Reed Richards. Oh. I was yes. thinking of a no, I was thinking of a Doctor Doom. So I think Adam Adam Doctor Driver Doom. was really the one the one choice that I wanted for see for a long But while. Adam Driver would do well as Doctor Doom as well. Oh yeah, I mean Adam Driver can play hero villain for sure. Yeah, I think he do he can he do a pretty good job with that. With that Who can you too. see as, as Silver Surfer? Because Silver Surfer has to come into the picture in this next phase. Um That's a tough <laughs> This is a tough one. Um, I, I keep hearing a lot of like casting choices for like Giancarlo Esposito. Um, yeah. Oh, so man. I, I don't, I don't think he'd be bad. I just, um, I think he's kind of tired of because Silver Surfer is kind of like this antagonist kind of person. At least, mm-hmm. in my understanding, he's kind of like an, a sort of antagonist before developing into like a proper protagonist. Um, to the Fantastic Four or with the Fantastic Four, and I think he kind of wants to stray away from that career wise. I think he wants yeah. to diversify the kinds of characters that he plays. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I actually don't know. I mean, I, I maybe this is a hot take. I kind of like the uh, the potential gender swap and getting Annie Taylor Joy as Silver Surfer. Um, but it looks like they're not going wow. in that direction anymore. Uh, they I think they scrapped that idea, so they're looking to just bring back. A, oh, uh, what they think about doing that? Yeah, they're oh, they're eyeing Annie Taylor Joy as uh like a, a gender swap, and then recently they said that they just scrapped the idea. And they're just gonna so Silver Surfer is going to be appearing in the movie. It's just gonna end up being um, a male actor as opposed to a, a female actor. Is that wrong? Okay. I do like the okay. rumors of Javier Bardem as Galactus. I think that'd be a very interesting role for him. Oh snap! Wait, isn't he in the MCU? No. What am I thinking about? Could be uh, Maz Mickelson. There were rumors that he was going to be showing promised, up in another project. I could have promised I, I remember seeing him in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. It might have um, been Sylvester Stallone? No, 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 no. Okay, no. I don't know. I can't. I'm blanking this man's name. It's not Javier then. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to talk about this at some other point. Because I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know... I know I'm seeing this man's face and I can't remember his name, but Javier would be good as Galactus because I'm I feel like you have to have um, Silver Surfer as a CGI character anyway. Um, yeah, it's gonna be tough to do. It's gonna be very difficult to 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 have them in in a uh, a suit. So um, I would almost, I mean, this will see don't make sense in terms of of voiceover. But I almost wouldn't mind seeing Lawrence for Fishburne come in and do the voice. Um, I don't know. That's that. That's Fantastic Four has a lot of possibilities, but I think that uh, we have to. This is the make or break phase. Yeah, this, I was this supposed is to be the multiverse phase. saga too. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I was like, which is supposed to be the multiverse saga too, and it feels like oh, we really yeah. have been like, yeah, it, the the rules are so confusing in the in the multiverse. <laughs> they are. I, I, I'm. This is the make a break phase because you have yeah. X Men coming out. X Men ninety seven is coming, in, I think next month or something like that, March or May, somewhere in that range. Um, 
you have that coming out, then you have Deadpool, then you have um, Daredevil uh, series on, on, on Disney+. Plus. I, I think they have a lot of promise in this phase. Yeah. But I think what the best part about this phase is going to be is that they're going to slow down on the release yes. of, of films and shows. Um, so not having a show put out so many times, you know, like, because I'm telling you what, last year, year prior with, with this last phase, I've just, I've, it's been tiring, bro. It's been tiring trying to keep up with all these shows on Disney Plus, and I really don't care to anymore. I, I really don't care about it. Like, you got to, if I want to see a show, it's not, it's not. Because, like, if you're going to have me watch a show, have me watch a show and it actually means something, not where I watch a show and I'm just like, you yeah, know, Secret she Invasion. Hulk and Secret, Secret Invasion was, was bad, garbage. I, I can, she Hulk was actually was actually palatable. Yeah, Secret Secret Invasion was just I, I yeah I would I'm so done. And I dislike She Hulk. Like I I She Hulk I, I honestly yeah. couldn't finish. I thought it was pain, it was painfully unfunny, but at least it knew what it wanted to be. Secret yeah. Invasion is supposed to be this like very you know serious which the show does have a serious tone this ultra serious you know project that has implications for the entire mcu and from what i like i heard the ending was awful i heard the ending was really bad it was absolute garbage like it was, it was like absolute garbage like Amelia clark apparently gets like superpowers from like every single like marvel yeah. superhero and then the yep. main villain get it was I, yep. which again i love Amelia clark phenomenal actress but she deserved better and that it was just the way they put things together. I heard was was very. It was clear they that all, like they didn't know what to do. They all deserved better. And I, 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 and I'm I'm assuming that this this next phase will will be an apology letter to yeah, all too. fans and actors and and production hands, you know, as well. Yes. Like all everybody that's on 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 these sets, designs and 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 all that stuff with behind the scenes type of work. Like you can't put all that time into a project and then it just flops like this. Yeah, that's you know why I'm saying? happy they uh they had that creative overhaul with Daredevil. Yeah, um, because we mm-hmm. actually have like the continuation of the real series. But I think also the other thing too is like they Ooh. were, and I think we I think we talked about this, and but like they they would go into production without like a pilot episode. Like they were literally like filming on the fly, like like filming like they would have written scenes, but they weren't like it wasn't like episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four. They were literally like saying, "Okay, this is probably gonna be episode two, or maybe this is gonna be episode three. Like they were literally like that's how bad the actual process was in production. For so they had no they had no pre writing phase. They were literally just doing their storyboarding and um their I'm forgetting the other part like the, the thing you do before you have like a script script um, oh I, um i don't know what it's called outline yes so they were like outlining yes. stuff yes. but they but then they would like they would technically put like a script together but again it wasn't like you know this is one episode this is one episode this is another episode they were just going in without having like an actual pilot episode and they just thought that filming it and putting together stuff in post would make things better, which See, is a terrible I, I, approach, by the way. Everybody, please be organized if you ever, you know, want to do anything in life. 
So Bro, the point of being organized. That, that, it makes me understand Mahershal Ali's issue with Blades so much more now. Yeah, I didn't know they were approaching Daredevil like that. Yeah, Daredevil That's was absolutely garbage. Yeah, they, they absolutely, absolutely were doing garbage. it the same way because, like, they said that he wasn't going to suit up in this show until episode four. They killed off Karen and Foggy off screen before the events of the show. Um, and then really, really, what else? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in that show I think we're going to find out about eventually. That we're going to be like, what were you? What? Why? I've actually, I've and I've been re-watching the Daredevil series. I've, I'm, I'm now starting uh, season three. Nice. Because really I wanted to kind of like get back yeah, and yeah. see. And, and, and you know what? I have to apologize to all of you. Okay? Because I said on this show probably sometime last year, last summer, that the best choreography, fight choreography I've seen on, on, on film was, uh, was C and Daredevil. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, bro. That ain't it. That fight choreography that I've been looking at? For Daredevil? It's, yeah, it's not what I remember. It's actually what, what I think that people were... Um, did you watch Echo? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Now, that was beautiful. Very well done. Very well done. But Daredevil shows up. And yes. He's in episode one. Mm-hmm. And people were complaining about the choreography, how slow it was. And, I st- and I'm watching Daredevil again, and I'm seeing exactly the same type of fighting that was going on there. So it's like, there is consistency with the fight choreography. I didn't think it was, but there actually is. Yeah. I think there was this criticism about the use of CGI, because there is one moment in during the Echo and Daredevil fight where it's, like Tr- Charlie has really done it like himself um where he would just do like a flip up they mm-hmm. cgi that in the middle of a one take so oh, no that's oh, that's okay, like what the okay. are, yeah okay. so i think and it is a good point i i do think like that there i don't think there's like such thing as like a perfect choreography like it's not it isn't possible to because like realistically if you're in a group setting like if you're like a main character in a group setting they're not people aren't gonna take their time <laughs> you know what i mean they're gonna, yeah. they're, no one's gonna go like like one at a time you know i, I think they're kind of straight away from that because you actually get a sense like a lot of their one takes are like the times where he's literally getting like a te- like hit by multiple people or yeah they construct a scene in a way that makes sense for them not to be like so many people at the same time for daredevil to have to fight yes for yes. example like like people copy to come up the staircase during like the biker scene for instance like people aren't gonna like pull oh. up the entire staircase and and deal with that or old boy i think is a good example like there are like slow elements but they mm. make it realistic with how the characters get tired over time so it makes sense they that do. they're not they gonna do. like have yeah. the same energy from the beginning of the fight to the mid midpoint to the end so yeah say that's that. a yeah. solid point that's yeah. a very i didn't even think about it like that because the um the fight scene my favorite scene in daredevil is that one shot they did it twice. I want to say it was once in season one and once in season two. But it was a, a, a one-shot uh, going down a, a staircase where Daredevil was fighting 
Was it that biker club? It may have been that. Yeah, it was that biker uh, gang that that uh, he was fighting. He's going down the, the staircase, and it was just a beautiful shot. And I actually think that the best time that the choreography actually looks tight is when the camera is zoomed in a little more. So the yeah. frame is tighter on the characters, and it makes you feel like they're actually like it's high impact. Right, right, right. Um, on punches and kicks is punches, punches and kicks. Yeah, yeah. my bad. <laughs> but on on those punches and kicks where you see the shot is is real tight, it feels like it's actually something like grounded. Right, more right. so than if you have a, a wide shot and you're just seeing the 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 invisible kicks and stuff like that. Yeah, I think no, that's right what that. you I think that's what I was seeing at sometimes with with the with certain scenes. Now his yeah, fights with sure. Nobu and stuff like that may oh that 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 was just perfect. Very well done. But yeah, I think yeah. that I think that when they um bring Daredevil back one now I'm with season three I'm looking forward to seeing the fight with Kingpin. That that was my favorite Oh, that was absolute favorite. Yeah, it's a really good one. So I think that um, going into this new season, I think that um, which is like the it's supposed to be a reboot, rebrand, but not season season four type thing. I don't know, whatever it is, I don't care. It's season four to me. Yeah, I, I think that <laughs> I, I think that it's going to be a, a very well done. So that I'm I'm excited about what we're going to see. I'm significantly yeah. more excited about the MCU. Than Sony, Sony is just trash to me, and yeah. and, and and DC is right above it. Yeah, so I'm excited. I think I think the I think the there's promise uh, with what we're gonna have. Uh, Fantastic Four is going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing how Deadpool uh, uh, affects X Men. So I don't know, man. I th- I think we're gonna get a lot of stuff, good stuff in the next year. Yeah, I I think so too. I think um, I think having this conversation made me realize, like how excited I am to yeah yeah for things to. I, I'm just glad they they're, <laughs> I was gonna take their time. Like, thank you. Just we can yeah. wait. Yeah, we can wait. No take rush. your time, and even if the new Daredevil season, for example, is nine episodes, I'd rather have nine quality episodes. That are that is at least on par with the Netflix series than you going through with the original eighteen you set out to do, and if you want to do the eighteen, which makes no sense. Which is an insane endeavor to do eighteen episodes because and again, again I, those I, I episodes are going to be like what forty three minutes, forty three to fifty two minutes. I mean, on our track record, probably like sixteen, but um, they yeah. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> but they uh, they did say that like. If the resp- the reception to the to the season is well done, or is good, they'll consider doing another nine, so like a part one and a part two kind of situation, or maybe they'll fine. make like a part two, like a season two, which I, which it's I like. Fine. It's cool. I don't cool care. Take make your time. Good. Take your time. Just yeah. do it right, and that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, that's why I'm glad whatever happened happened. So that we can get a, a great story for Daredevil, yeah. get a great story for Blade, get a great story and, for for Deadpool. I, I'm yeah. excited. Exactly, and and really the last thing I want to say is I love how they brought in the directors from Loki season two because their filmmaking is really great. Oh, um, I love the pictures. Their, look you amazing. talk about time frames. You talk about yeah. their cinematography. The fact that they emulate 
for both seasons, but they emulated 35 millimeter. Um, yes. How they have a, a quite feature a lot of long takes, a lot of one shots. The the one of my favorite was uh, was when uh, it was zooming in on Kang as he was exiting the the little the, the door to you know yeah try to breathe some time. For example, I say all that because their filmmaking is very compatible with them like Daredevil. And you can buy that with the fight choreographers who came back from the Netflix series. Yeah. Like I think I think we're in for a treat. I think we're in for good. a treat. I, yeah. I hope. Not gonna yeah. just so all you want, Marvel, is please. You have you had the recipe. Yeah. All right. All you have yeah. to do to stop make looking at it. And deliver exactly. Make and deliver it's, that it's dish. <laughs> it's very simple. It's very simple. Give us, do, do what you do well. Yeah. Give us that well cooked medium rare steak. Yeah. With a side yeah. of potatoes. That's all we want. Yeah. That's all we want. Don't no need <laughs> to overcook it. Don't do it well done. And don't give us stovetop uh, uh, uh potatoes. We don't mess with yeah, we don't mess with those kind no. of potatoes, no. Nah, nah, don't give us plates. We're good, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. Good little discussion we had there, but yeah. Hey, so man. Think, uh, amazing, amazing. Yeah, but I feel like uh, now we're sort of reaching the, the final little uh, little segment here of, of, of the episode for today, and that's going to be our review um, on the holdovers. So, yeah, I think uh, you want to go ahead and go through with the synopsis, and then we'll go ahead yes, and uh, give our breakdown. Awesome. Yes, so, um, the holdovers is directed uh, by Alexander Payne. And written by David Hemmingson, uh, which also stars uh, Paul Giamatti, Devine Joy uh, Randolph, and Dominic, Dominic Sessa. Um, and it's a story of a cranky history teacher at a remote prep school being forced to remain on campus over the holidays with a troubled student who has no place to go and a greeting cook. Um, I'll just start off by saying, what a great film. What a really great film. Um Definitely yes. surprise of the year for me. Um, I went into this thinking this was going to be, you know, another ordinary Christmas movie, you know, with all the typical, you know, plot points. But um, I really felt like they they had and presented a lot of meaningful themes that I, I think audiences can relate to. Um, I think Paul Giamatti delivers, I think, his best performance of his career. Um, yes. I think uh Devine Joy uh in a supporting role um as uh Mary Lamb was phenomenal. Um and it's part of the again debatably the, the best scene in the movie. Um and Dominic Sessa, who's um a first timer. This is his first movie oh, ever, wow. actually. This is his first and, one. Yeah. First wow. acting debut and but the way he carried himself and the chemistry they had uh, with his two co-stars didn't yeah. seem to me that he felt from experience. He felt like a pro. And yeah. again, a lot of it has to do with the writing. Um, a lot of it has to do with the directing. And yeah, it's just I feel like that's a nice little preface to uh, what should be, I think, a really, a really great discussion. Honestly, there's yeah. not really a ton of negatives I can take out of this movie right out of the gate but uh yeah so what were your uh general thoughts bro yeah generally i i'm i'm i love this movie i think that um 
various elements that we'll get into with the breakdown, obviously, I think um, we'll, we'll, we'll show that. But I think that hmm, we're going to kind of like get out of order if I say this now. But what you just said about Paul Giamatti, this being his best uh, uh, performance of his career, I can't disagree with that. This is probably the 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 one, and I love Paul Giamatti, but this is the the one time where I'm looking at him and I'm I was stunned honestly, because it 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 everything about his um his character seemed like he embodied it so well. I love when you can watch a movie, and and you're not looking at an actor you're looking at the character right you're 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 not which is my issue with the with with the rock it's almost like every time you see him it's just that's that's the that's the rock right there but i like i don't get that with uh, you know actors like paul like you get who they are like that's who they are in the moment that's them that's not paul giamatti yeah <laughs> that's not paul that's 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 paul hunnam you know what i'm saying like it it it, it was like it was a great uh, 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 portrayal. Um, so I'm before we get before I you know push it too far ahead. Um, what do you think about the overall storyline? Yeah, I think the storyline storyline was great. I I never knew like holding over was a thing. To be honest with yeah. you, I, I think I was yeah. I, I was kind of ignorant to the idea. Obviously, I you know I'm I, I'm I'm still in college now, but. Um, I think this movie made me sort of appreciate, you know, the position that I'm in and being able to, you know, be around my family as, as much as I have. Um, and I know that there are a lot of, um, you know, foreign exchange students, a lot of international students, or just students depending on their on their living situation who aren't able to return home for the holidays or other parts of the year. Um, and so the idea that, you know, they're sort of, um, they sort of had to remain you know, on campus with, I imagine, you know, so, uh, with others on campus, I, I, I presume, um, right. you know, it's actually, it, it's rather sad to think about, you know, it, it makes you, you know, be grateful for the, for the vision you are now. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought Storyline Rise, I think it really lent itself to being this very, you know, personal tale. Um, it really allowed the characters to breathe. Um, I think the overall structure was, was done perfectly. There's really, really aren't any significant changes that i would make to the structure of the story uh, to be quite honest with you i liked how it covered the full two weeks um i thought that yes. e even the way they just do time made sense yeah. and that's a difficult thing to do because it is often the cop out where they'll just say you know four days left you know for mm -hmm. instance but in this particular mm -hmm. case it felt felt organic for sure and um yeah what were, yeah. what were your thoughts, bro? Uh, Storyline-wise, story I, I actually... So, again, you know, you, and you you told me a little bit about the movie prior to us uh, selecting it and watching it. But I didn't know what the full story was, right, beforehand. I don't watch trailers. So it was kind of... It was good to, to go along with the the progression of of the story and the the characters to kind of like understand that this was a christmas movie um and you know what 
I almost feel like because I like I have my I have my specific movies that I watch during Christmas time, and I'll watch certain movies every other year. I won't watch a specific movie every year anymore. I'll just kind of like space it out so that every time I watch it, it feels good to watch again. I think this might be in that rotation, to be honest, because the the story was was one that that was you can relate to specific characters um in certain ways especially if i'm assuming if if people have gone through those exact exact same you know uh situations where like with with uh with mary losing her son type of thing right i think um or if even anyone who's lost anybody near the holidays when you're you're going through the holidays and you start thinking about that person and like how you know different things feel like that's what it looked like she was experiencing like trying to adjust to life without her son so it's kind of like you can relate this to the to the characters in, in a way that they found it felt grounded um and it made it seem like it was someone that you knew which is very very interesting and intriguing so storyline wise i loved it because i think that it it, it told the pace of the of of the specific characters whether it was the other boys in a class or or the uh people that that um angus and and hunnam met throughout their travels you know what i'm saying like everything was paced properly this didn't feel like it was um like an overdrawn type of movie i remember the, the last movie that we watched um you said that you kind of felt like there was things that we could have they could have cut out I didn't get that sense with this movie, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like everything felt like it belonged there and needed to be there to to progress the story along. So I I I story-wise I loved it. I loved it. And I think that this is something that you can um you can kind of like watch with your family as well. So I I think it's it's it has it tells a good cuz it has a lot of good um good uh um principles to be taught like he uh, kept telling angus bartman don't 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 tell lies or bartman don't do that do this do that and all that stuff and it's kind of like various lessons that I think that that you know people can kids can learn if they watch this um with their parents i think it was a good movie man I, the story yeah. was just amazing yeah yeah i think i think also the the pacing in the film reflects the progression of Angus's and Mr. Um, Hunnam's relationship, as well yes, as they sort yes, of, yes, yes, you know, build a build a camaraderie, build a trust in one another, um, and so I, I appreciated how they they took the time to establish their tolerance of each other, um, yes. and as much as Mr. Hunnam, you know, it openly admitted to to Angus being a, a pain in his ass. Um, they definitely mm -hmm. tell there 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 was respect for him and also understanding that they're not too dissimilar from each other um as we'll yeah. you know cover a bit here but i think it, it perhaps be best to really just start you know from the beginning to really establish um really angus's situation um and that being um how he lost his father so yes. um why I, I originally thought that when angus was you know speaking to his brother on the phone which there never mind 
it, it goes into a filmmaking element. I don't want. I, I want to hold off on it until a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> um, Angus um, is obviously on the phone with his mother in the beginning of the movie, sort of you know asking her why, like, why can't you come, you know, pick me up? Why do you have to do your honeymoon? You know, uh, you know, with your <clears throat> who he just views as like a, as a boyfriend as opposed to his, uh, as a stepfather, mm-hmm. and you sort of get right out of the gate that he is just not willing to accept these new circumstances. And a lot of it just has to do with him believing his father is dead. And I took that, I'm not sure if you did, I took that literally. Like, I initially yeah. thought that his father was dead. And I do want to sort of jump forward to, really, uh-huh. to the third act of That's Okay, which is the reveal of his father being in a mental institution. Uh, where after... And Mr. Hunnam go on a on a trip to Boston to sort of, you know, get a rent the bridge here outside of the prep school and him sort of wanting to connect with his father as much as he can, but realizing that he sort of and he's unfortunately just not able to to really understand or doesn't even know who Angus is, um, was yeah. utterly devastating, needless to say. And I think if you ever lost a loved one, either either in that capacity or, or really as a loved one in general, that sort of you know clinging on to you know that person, it, it's it's tough to let go, you know it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's extremely yeah. tough to let go. Um, but I I think they really approached that storyline with a lot of grace, um, because it could have been very easy to to take it in a lot of different directions. But I really felt like their approach made sense and. For Angus to say that his father is dead uh, was really just symbolic of the fact that he just isn't the man that he knows anymore. And right. deep down, he realizes that, but he's just holding out hope that, you know, the, the man that he grew up with, um, you know, before his his turns to regression, before, you know, his turns to violence, um, you know, could be the, the person he grew up with, the person that he was inspired by. Um mm-hmm. I think there's a really good, uh, you know, through line with that in are we destined to become our parents, right? Are we, mm-hmm. you know, do we have enough autonomy to say we can be our own person? Or are we just, you know, again, destined to be, you know, the, the, the very people that, you know, have been in our lives? And, um, yeah. I think I'm not sure sort of what what, what your thoughts on are, are on that. If, if that's sort of a relatable aspect that that, that yeah. you felt in terms of like feeling like you had to to be like someone instead of just being your authentic self. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think see, I think that's the thing that um, I think that's honestly what you deal with as a son in general. Like when you, especially when you're close to your father, right? Like if you grew up close to your father, you sometimes feel like you have to push your way out of his shadow just so you can kind of like find out who the hell you are. Um, and I'm sure a lot like I've gone through it. I'm sure, you know, you and your brothers have gone through it at some point in time. Um, I think that when when you... Uh, you know, when you grow up with your dad, that's what that's what kind of what it kind of is, right? I'm a junior, so I like I had to find out who Derek Junior was, 
you know, and 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 that that it, it it's a process, right? And I think that that's the thing that we're seeing Angus go through in this movie, where he's like, you know, he of course he wants to to be with family, uh, during this time, but he also just wants to figure out who the hell he is, right? You don't, and you don't really fully get that until you're about like what will start to feel like you get it until you're like 25 26 like just starting to somewhat even understand a semblance of who you are right um and he's like what maybe 18 and no 17 he's gotta be like 17 because he's not even uh, uh he's not they're not college age students in this movie so i I can only imagine what it's like for someone who who feels like they're they're trying to they're afraid to become what their father is, but you love your father at the same time, and you're just like trying to figure out that whole relationship, and then you're also trying to figure out your relationship with yourself, you know. Yeah. And 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 he's going through that with with no real guidance. Like his mom has him in, in his boarding school, uh. uh so he has no connection to his family. He doesn't feel like he has really any friends at the school type thing. You know, I think I think that's that's even a tougher time to go through something like that is when you're isolated because you can't get a sense of what you like and all that other stuff with other people. So I think that this is a this movie did a great job of showing that progression. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and and it looked like it looked like he started to somewhat enter manhood by the time the movie ended because of his time with 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 Hunnam. You know what I'm saying? I think that that kind of he he just longed to have a a father figure because his father is in the in, in the institution and his stepfather obviously doesn't like him, so he doesn't have that that older male figure in his life so i think in in some ways him being a uh, lot well not locked but it's being being trapped at the school uh over christmas break worked out well for him honestly it worked out well for him because he's able to 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 get that that guidance that he needed you know and i, I it, it was a great uh, I loved it, man. I loved it. it was a great, great story all around. Great story all around. I think, you know, we we touched on the the acting aspect of things already. Yeah. Um I've been itching to get into this part of the breakdown, bro. The visuals. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The visuals. I, what did you think? Remarkable. Um, and, and really, sort of the pivot back to uh, what I didn't say before. Um. There is a brilliant use of zoom in and zoom out. So the zoom in yes. to yes. Angus's conversation with his mom, I felt like community was like as a camera is zooming in, is meant to symbolize that he's caught inside of his own head, where he feels like he still has his attachment to his father. And is that refusal to let go of what was. Mm -hmm. Hit the zoom out and the scene following Angus's exit from the mental institution. Mm -hmm. Where 
him, Mr. Hunter Morrow, sort of having that that final heart to heart, and how the camera doesn't cut to Mr. Hunter at all until Angus concludes his monologue was him letting go of of his father in that respect, and sort of wow. letting go of all the all the all the fear, all of the guilt, all of the you know the anxieties that come with being young and that mm-hmm. come with not really having a proper father figure in your life. And yeah. I think that for him to sort of be vulnerable in that moment uh, was yeah, this integral to his character arc, right? Um, yes. I think also, too, that, like, he, he Angus, um, was understood that coming into his home was, was the right thing. Uh, where Mr. Yeah, Hunnam yeah. immediately says, "You are not your father; you're your own person." Um, how the world is a is a very scary place, but the reality is that although we can hold on to um, is ourself sometimes, and the choices that we make, you know, will impact us and and potentially those around us, right? Mm-hmm. Those around mm-hmm. us who, you know, we want in our life because they have a meaningful impact and they're there for positive reasons and negative ones. So, um. And that was just a really that was like one example, like a really great parallel that I that I picked up on, um, and I, I I imagine you did too. That I just I I loved their their execution to the both scenes in that regard. So, I I didn't catch that. What you just said, I did not <laughs> catch that. That that's 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 amazing. Um, yeah, no, I I dang, <laughs> I I actually I felt like the zooms, um that they used in this were, were great too. It felt like we were watching a 70s movie. Yes. Um, which this was shot, this was released in 2023. Um I actually looked it up, so I kind of want to I want to read this excerpt because I don't want to lose it. But um I believe this was from the Hollywood Reporter, but it said that the holdovers isn't just set in the in the, in 1970 it looks like it could have been made in 1970 which that was the, that was my favorite aspect of it because yes. it fully looked like this was something that that was something came out this thing like it came out way before i was born so i i was i was glad to see that because it looked like that but it it looked clean it looked sharp um so the cinematographer um Igel, uh Bryald, i think that's how you pronounce his name uh, his meticulous work behind it was this was the result of his meticulous work behind the scenes. Surprisingly, uh, Bryald managed to create a '70s style aesthetic without going back to traditional film stock. He originally planned to use the film stock that was used in the seven in '70s Hollywood, but since those resources were unavailable, he had to shoot the film digitally using the uh, an Ari Alexa camera, which blew my mind because wait, it, really, this was shot digitally. This, this was shot digitally. What? That's what oh, blew my wow. mind. Yeah, that's what blew my mind because I it, would it not fully, predicted that. It, wow. but can you imagine how expensive this film would have been had it been shot on film? Oh, film film is really expensive. Expensive yeah. to use, man. Sure, and yeah. the, the fact that they they did this movie the way they did to to have that feel on it. I like as an editor, I I could appreciate it significantly more because it made it seem like 
we were watching a movie that was old. And I, I, when you're talking about a movie that, so the budget was only 70, it was around $70 million. That's not a big budget for, for a Hollywood film, film. Yeah. Like this was, that's like a, that's like a, a mid-level budget. Right. Yeah. Um, and this movie was like, maybe like two and a half hours long, closer to three hours long. Yeah, this would have been an extremely expensive film had they shot this on film. So in that regard, while the 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 film wasn't at his disposal, it was a great way to utilize his budget because you could you you could allocate those resources into other areas since the film isn't available. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then you got to like get those cameras and that that's wild. I never yeah. would have thought that. Was it dirty? Was it digital thirty five then? Uh, it may have up? been. It, it well, it may have been. But I, when you when you shoot digitally like that, like you can you can go full frame, and and just crop it if you yeah. need to, you know. And it 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 had that feel. It right. I it I felt like I was watching this on a v on the VHS. Right, yeah, because even the the you know the because I definitely noticed like film grain. That's why I was convinced that this I, was uh, this was a hundred percent film originally. Because like the you literally saw the film grains in a majority, especially yeah. with some of the some of the darker scenes, yes, um, like like yes. like a knife range. Is like I I, I could have sworn I literally thought that wow that's that yes. that's impressive. That's yes, yeah. I don't even say that. That that blew my mind. Thank you for sharing that. I yeah. would have yeah, never no guessed problem. that. That's no problem. Cause I, cause I was watching the movie, and I was like twenty minutes into it. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I was like, "There's, I can't tell what this is." And usually, yeah. I can, I can tell. I, I couldn't tell if yeah. this was digital or if this was, this was on film. I, th- that is a phenomenal feat to be able to do that. Now, if you, yeah. if you, if you ask Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan, like, no, we shoot this on film, like, yeah, no yeah, way. yeah, right away. yeah, you know, but that, I, well, that's a Christopher Nolan budget. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know there are a lot of like filmmakers who, um, who shoot digitally, but they use like, um, film lenses. Yes, yes, on certain occasions. Yes, but yes. that's not that's nuts though. I, <laughs> I don't know yeah. how. Oh, credit in the world to him. That's yeah, yeah, that. Well, and I, and, and think then, about the, think about how many you know, films he they probably watched in preparation for this film. Oh yeah, it's stylistically, like, right, right, right. Because all the 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 zoom outs and the zoom ins and and the transitions, mm-hmm. which I'm, we'll get into in a second, but um, everything that that you see with this film, it had the feel of of an actual film, one film. <laughs> Right. Like it felt like it, you know. So, yeah, I'm I'm stuck on it too, bro. Because it it blew my mind watching it. Like when I when I looked it up and I'm watching the rest of the movie, knowing this is shot digitally. Yeah. It just goes to show you that, like, I think, I think that I I, I forgot. I think Chris was discussing this with us one time. I can't remember what movie he was he was talking about. Um, it may have been a remake. Nope, I'm sorry. It was Chris Ali. It wasn't Chris Negron. 
Chris Ali was uh he and I were talking about a movie um one episode a few few episodes ago. Um where we were discussing how to do remakes. And he said, you know, I think you it makes sense to when you're gonna do a remake that is from seventies or eighties to shoot it stylistically like that, but do it the right way. Like you're not trying to make it cheesy or anything like that, but stylistically make it seem like it, you know, is shot in that in that era and 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 the 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 set design is from that era. And they did that with this movie. You know what I'm saying? It 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 was it felt like 70s Boston. Um it just like every everything with 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 the set design and 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 um and the visuals again. I'm I, I'm I'm stuck on visuals. Because I know we can go ahead and move on to editing, but I, everything, soundtrack and everything. And you know what? Actually, one thing before we get in, well, I guess this could kind of kind of be a transition into editing. One thing I noticed about this movie, because I think this is what actually made me think about it in the beginning, which is something you don't see in today's uh, 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 era of movies. Credits at the beginning of the movie. I mean, it's about like full credits. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, you don't see that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Usually, you see like the main stars and 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 like producers and stuff like that. You see some stuff like that at the beginning of the film, director, producer, editing, all that stuff. You see that at the beginning, but you don't see the full thing anymore like that's usually reserved for the end of the movie and that's what made me start thinking about the about how they shot this yeah I because think the, that that part was just great to see yeah i also felt that um well if it is, this more ties in with sound but i was also going to mention um the music choices as yeah. well um yeah. i'm not sure it, well you let me know if this, this gets us off track. We can combine for, for it editing, for editing. We can, we, let's, okay. let's combine it too. Yeah, yeah. It. But like, I, I just think yeah. of some of the, um, because I know some of the ma- some of the major dialogue sequences didn't feature music. Um, I thought transitions to those scenes, uh, featured, um, featured like some kind of like underlying theme. So mm-hmm. I imagine it was really just to have that through line of it being set during Christmas, which I liked. Um, and yeah. I am someone who I I'm not opposed to music playing when characters are talking, mm-hmm. but I I don't I don't want the music to tell me how to feel. And I think I've said that like multiple times. Yeah, like yeah. I I do yeah, not yeah, want yeah. like yeah. the music to manipulate me into feeling a certain way. I want mm-hmm. characters to sort of breathe naturally and have let them tell the story, right? Yes. Um but yeah, and then I guess really to get back specifically into the editing uh, the editing as well um it's really just I almost feel like there was a lack of it and not in a bad way. I mean that in terms of there was necessary edits uh, I felt that the transition to scenes felt natural, but this movie featured a lot of long takes. 
Um, yes, yes. Which it's rare to see because uh, I watched. A, I mentioned to you before we started recording that I watched um, this video called like Anatomy of the Scene, and uh, there's a scene when um, obviously Mr. Hunnam and Angus are in New York. The wall after dropping off. Um, um, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting your name. The the cook. Mary. Yes, yes. Um, But they're obviously, they they travel to sort of this like little skating rink. And then obviously, uh, uh, Mr. Hunnam like encounters uh, a fellow student of his. Yada, yada. I say all that because the aftermath of the scene in which Angus is sort of questioning, like, who, like, who was that guy? Yeah, yeah. While yeah. he's in the bar, while they're both in, in, in sort of the, not the bar, but like in this like a liquor store, like the camera didn't cut away. So mm-hmm. the director mentioned how he likes, um, to follow characters, and he likes to choreograph his actors to move. Not only in a certain way, but in tandem with the dialogue, um, and that's a challenging thing because is, yeah. it's hard when you're walking. It's hard to control deep down. It's hard to control how yeah. fast you walk, yeah. right? Like everyone has a natural speed at which they walk. So when you're yeah. acting, you're obviously having to memorize your lines and deliver them in a particular way to make sure you communicate your emotion. So that's challenging. So the acting part is already, you know, a hard part. But then you combine that with the fact that you have to be cognizant of your movements and to make sure that what you're saying matches up with what your character has to be doing at a particular moment is also tough. So the fact yeah. that Alexander went through that effort in making sure that, you know, um, Angus actor and obviously uh, Paul Giamatti were sort of, you know, moving in a way that that makes sense um i thought it was brilliant that was real brilliant i mean even think about the the sequences involving their, their little their little chase this is after um yeah you know uh, all the all the boys who were originally holding over basically were were saved by uh mm-hmm. the, the sort of like this freshman quarterbacks you know dad who um you know picked them up in a helicopter and obviously like well after that moment um, Angus proceeds to sort of, you know, go, you know, to get on the cell phone and starts running, running away, and it's, it ends up becoming this hilarious scene. But, um, I loved how the camera stood still, mm-hmm. and it would follow them, and then you talk about the editing would just naturally cut to the next scene because that's just how the the overall scene is progressing. That's mm-hmm. how they're like going through different parts of of the school. So. Um, there's switches like that I very much appreciate. So the fact that there's sort of this this idea of like not obviously going back to your typical, you know, um your two shots and obviously like your two shot, I I I and you correct me wrong, it's just a shot reverse shot, right? Or is that something totally different, right? Yeah, so do you you turn a two shot? Yeah, is that's different from a shot reverse shot, right? Or are they technically the same thing? No, they're different. Yeah, they're different. Different? Okay. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, I just want to make sure. I didn't want to say like the wrong uh, no, terminology, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. No, I, I say that because obviously there were a couple of scenes that obviously just were filmed, quote unquote, traditionally, but that's not a bad thing. You know, sometimes when you're a filmmaker, yeah. it's 
like you you want like you want to do more than what you have to you know and um they alexander just did a perfect job of knowing when to have those long takes when not mm-hmm. to and, and to let things um you know play out you know normally and it's tough because yeah. sometimes you want to do like i said you want to bite off more than you can chew and it's like mm-hmm. look you know you can go through this whole idea of you know we're gonna we're gonna do a one shot from the you know this point and then we're gonna have it go all the way here and it will continue it through i guarantee you there's another editor who come into the room is like hey i got a better idea for you hit the button that's what you should do oh yeah you still get the same point across yeah you don't have to you know do you know do more than you have to and um so yeah i just appreciate it sort of his there's definitely a little bit of restraint but also a bit of ambitionness as well i feel. yeah you know yeah no i agree with that i think um in terms of of editing itself um again like you said i I think that they they did the necessary cuts where they needed to i enjoyed seeing the swipe uh transition yes the white transition yes because that's something that we don't see in 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 productions now right yeah yeah. it's usually like like a, a um uh, a phase out a fade out type thing or or you know just blending two different um two different scenes together and doing um doing something like that but doing that wipe scene a transition i remember seeing that with uh wait which scene was it um when he left to buy uh left the school to buy that christmas tree yes that was perfect that was absolutely perfect. And it, it it felt like we were in the seventies, bro. I love that. Yeah. It just <laughs> felt like we were in the seventies. That like when when you're when you're shooting something like that, the when you, when when the shots, just like you talked about how they they were running through the school and, and and the 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 camera pans and moves with them. Um and then it, that's that's the end of that shot. Yeah. And they go to another one and it goes to Yeah. Like and starting over, starting over. I love that. What I what I love too is how the white transitions were used at the right time. Like they were used at moments yes. where, like, if characters had to travel like far distances, it would just yes. be a way for them to like speed like speed it up instead of like just doing a typical like instead of doing like multiple scenes to get to a point, it would just yeah. like like hurry up the process. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, talk about restraint because it could be very tempting to literally follow everything a character does, and it's like. Yes, you don't have to. Sh- you don't have to show no walking from this point to this point. You can still get the no. same thing if you just cut it right away, right away. Like right my favorite, like one. This is my favorite scene because it just made me laugh so hard. Was when Angus is running, like disobeying uh, Mr. Hunnam's orders, and obviously goes into yeah. the gymnasium, dislocates his shoulder, and like you see like <laughs> his horrified expression, and then it just like cusses him like outside. Like obviously Mr. Hunnam was sort of like scraping yeah. the the <laughs> off his car, so. There were moments yeah. like that where it was just like it. It felt like a, a good old like it. Made, it made me feel nostalgic, even though I've never I wasn't born in the seventies. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So well, see, and that that thing. scene in particular, I thought he faked me out because I thought what he was doing was like acting like he was hurt, but just to kind of like poke fun at, at Mister Hunnam. And you know, I'm thinking, okay, surely he's okay. Yeah. By the time you actually see them running outside and and 
like his arm was gone. It was like, oh no, he yeah. seriously hurt himself. Yeah. Like that that was just it was just great to see, man. And and the progression of Mr. Hunnam in general with uh his his see like it was it was Angus maturing throughout the film and it was Hunnam relaxing. Like they and they both did that as a film progressed, right? And I, I like I felt like they needed each other in order to get to the next phase of their life, um, which is very interesting uh, thing to think about. But yeah, no, I, I thought like the editing in general was ju- it just felt like it was just a nostalgic feel to it. Um, there wasn't anything crazy. You didn't have a lot of um, a lot of jump cuts. You just had scene shot, cut, scene shot, cut. And it, it just brought us back to like what basic filmmaking used to be. Yeah. You know, it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't it wasn't anything, you know, over the top. But it doesn't necessarily need to be. Like this yeah. was just it was perfect for what the time that era was. Right. Um and and to harp on I'll touch on something with, with sound design, my favorite part of, of the sound design was actually at the Christmas party. So when Angus went to go look at the snow globe and then he just focused in on it, he's looking at it and like he's off space, off in his own world. You start to hear the the music fade away and the talking fade away. And it just, that was, like, yeah. you're just, now it's just you and the snow globe. And then all of a sudden, snaps you back into reality right it was like it was something very small and subtle but i felt like they did a phenomenal job with it and then you see why the snow globe uh meant so much to him um as well because like i i I just enjoyed this film i there's nothing about this movie that that i could ever say anything bad about i thought uh, especially with all the elements that we we focus on with with the movies uh, now, where it's like everything checked off. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like everything felt right, and I enjoyed that. Like, like I, I, yeah. I, I kind of thought at at first when I, when I started the movie, I was like, "What is?" Because I honestly didn't know anything about the movie outside of what you said. So I'm just like, "What is this about?" Right, right. It, yeah, this I was think beautiful. Yeah. I think also too with uh, cause I, damn that was a really good, that was a really good example you just gave. I didn't even I didn't even think about that, in the heat of the moment. Um, the scene the scene with the snow globe. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think sound sound was done was done well. I that's the one element, of filmmaking I sort of struggle to, really pick up on. I think, mm-hmm. um, cause some it's funny cause like. I think there are sort of like little creative elements you can do with it. Um, oh yeah, and it's funny because sure. like the only the only times I really recognize sound is if I can tell. I, I'm sure you feel the same way. There's like really bad ADR, or oh yeah yeah yeah. There's yeah. like, yeah, um, like scenes where an environment is supposed to be loud, but mm-hmm. for some reason everyone's quiet and you could hear every single piece of dialogue. Sort of thing, yeah. but I like all the Christmas parties. Yeah. I actually felt that it was lively and that there were actual just people there enjoying themselves yeah. and talking. Um, 
something I do want to mention, I just quickly forgot about this too, was the use of close-ups on certain occasions. The yes. one that I loved was when the camera sort of, I don't think it lifted. I think it's just sort of like, it didn't like elevate. It kind of just like, um, tilted up. Yes. It's like tilted up a bit. Yeah. yeah. And it showed, um, Lydia, Miss Lydia, uh, Miss Crane, who was one of, another one of Angus's. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I think one of Angus's teachers, if I'm not mistaken, or, or a secretary, if I'm not mistaken. And so they're kissing her husband at the Christmas party. And then it, it, the the focus blurs out and the focus is on, on Mr. Hunter's reaction to, to seeing that. Um, so yeah, really just this instances like that. And then also just like, I, I don't know. It, it's just a lot of, I just love their use of focus in the last scenes. Um, yeah. I love how they try to fit as much as they can in the frame. Um, yeah, and then really the, the one thing I did want to mention though is it shouldn't be understated how great of a performance uh um the uh divine uh divine Joe Randolph did. She did an incredible mm -hmm. job. And the one scene that, that we both alluded to was uh the kitchen scene where she you know the throughout the Christmas party was sort of you know getting drunk. Um, was being possessive over the record player until you realize the sentimental value that it had because it was just a reminder of her son. Um, and the her the way she delivered that line of "My son is dead" was heartbreaking. Um, yeah. And you felt yeah. just every sense of of, of sadness in her words. Yes. Um, but what I loved was how the camera cuts back to Mr. Hunnam and Angus. Um, and so you sort of see Angus's is sort of upset expression where, um, you know, he deep down, he understands mm -hmm. that pain. Um, yeah. maybe not like, a, a, you know, definitely not, you know, similar circumstances, but just the pain of, of, of not having a loved one in yeah. your life anymore, yeah. Yeah. you know? Um, but yeah. I think yeah, it was a really great fucking movie. Um, it was really good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's really. <laughs> and one thing I'll, I'll say before we get into our 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 um our rating of the movie, Paul Giamatti. Yes. The wandering eye thing. I actually had to look it up because I was like, wait, does he have a wandering eye for real? Do you know that he actually had to train with someone on how to actually do that? What? That's crazy. I was wondering and, why, because I watched an yeah. interview of his, and I didn't see a lady. I thought, I didn't see it. that's wild. Yeah. That's really cool. He's, I didn't know about that. He, he said that um, he worked with the contortist uh, from Cirque du Soleil. Um, he said he's been sworn to, sworn to secrecy on, on how... Uh, he did it, but yeah, he trained with the contortist uh, from Circuit Soleil to be able to do it, but he can't do it anymore because it's, it's, it's dangerous. Um, but yeah, apparently it's not CGI. Uh, it's not um, uh, anything. It's not makeup. No, I'm sorry. It was it was a special effect, like a makeup thing, but it's not CGI. So it was something that was actually happening. Like he just can't do it anymore. So it it I 
I agree with you on this. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that this was his best film. Um, and he's he's done great movies before, but this was the best one that he's done, material wise. And um, I think between him and 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 the supporting cast, they they should get recognized for something with this movie. You know, yeah. between between them, uh, with 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 the cinematography, um, the directing, because based on what you were saying earlier, to 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 um to make sure that people are able to move within the frame while you're shooting is that's that's crazy that's yeah. crazy to, to memorize all that so yeah nah I, I i this movie to me i'm just gonna give it give it to you perfect five i have nothing about this movie that i can say needs to be done a better way i i, I think they did a great job with the story they wrapped it up perfectly um, we don't need a, a part two or anything like that. I don't want to see. <laughs> I don't want to see Angus as as a grown, you know, grown yeah, man. Yeah. I don't want to see him. You know, I don't none of that. I just want to see this movie as it is, stay as it is. This was a perfect film in my eyes. So yeah. I'm giving it a five. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's really nothing. Really nothing wrong with this movie. I mean, yeah. Sure, maybe uh, with any movie you can find like little things to 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 yeah, nitpick yeah, yeah, here and there, yeah. but it's like, yeah, I, I'm sure you know me and you would just say the same thing. Like, even if there are nitpicks to be had, they weren't enough to affect our our, our viewing experience. But it, it was it was a great movie, and it shouldn't be understated. Like, just the, this the thing. The one thing I'm sorry, I know we're sort of supposed to be near the end, but there's one thing I want to touch on was yeah. We talked about, um, like just like briefly the, the relationship between you know Hunnam, Mister Hunnam and, and Angus, but the scene where they reveal they take the same medication, uh, the antidepressant, uh, Librium, yes, uh, in yes, the hotel, yes, um, yes. I thought it was just a perfect resemblance of like, we may be at different stages in life, but we're more again like we're more similar than. Than we think, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway, I just, I just figured I, I just touched on that because I thought like the it, it, just just having that like added depth to the character to the characters, um, you know, was 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 great to see, you know, yes. it was a great execution on their part, um, yeah, really just like a lot of themes that are just are just very relatable, you know, yeah. and I think can you know the depending on the the day you watch this can bring a tear to your eye you know so oh yeah most definitely most definitely most definitely yeah well look bro i this is a perfect suggestion so i appreciate you bringing this up to us man and i i know i know chris um i know chris enjoyed this movie too i I can't wait to hear his thoughts on it too because i think um i think that that's 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 a it's a great it's a great movie this is one of those movies that i actually would not mind getting on dvd and I know. Now knowing how they shot it, I might look and see if I can find it. Yeah, my my Beautiful. hope is uh, they do because physical media I feel like is oh, it's going away. We're we're at the end, man. We're at the end. It'll yeah. come back. It'll come back by the time, probably by the time our kids are 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 
college age or whatever, but it'll come back. I, but yeah. but I, I think that this is um, absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect movie. So, bravo. Thank you again for bringing it to us, bro. No, no. I appreciate you yeah. for, um, for obviously welcoming this suggestion. And um, I'm just glad we were able to do, to do another great review, as always. Um, Most definitely. Most you know, definitely. I think, like I said, it, it, I didn't expect it to be as as great as it was honestly i'm sure yeah. you know you and you and chris would obviously say the same like there's just some yeah. movies where you just go in with little no expectations not because you're worried about being bad or anything it's just like oh i, I heard about it what is it really yeah. about then you get yeah. out of the movie and you're like wow like you know it's it's great like being able to to discover stuff even though it may not have been when it released just to, to watch it mm-hmm. however because movies are timeless and i think this is going to be it's a christmas movie too so it's gonna be it's gonna be a timeless christmas yeah. movie for sure it's gonna be watched i agree with that a lot more forward for sure and i agree with that i agree with that well all right bro i think that that pretty much wraps it up for us today i think um that we 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 hit on a lot of good points here so and there was no pause moments so you know hey that was that was that's great yeah no for sure that's for great sure. um all right bro but um before we uh wrap it up i think uh just let everybody know where they can find you yeah absolutely um you can find me over on instagram matt underscore t uh 29 um and ultimately so, we obviously just want to thank you guys you know for watching um you know and or listening as well um you know we really appreciate the support you not only show to obviously our respective podcast, but to all the podcasts here on the OTS uh OTS brand. And also a huge thank you to this guy right here. I mean, he's the the pod father for a reason. He's the figurehead behind <laughs> obviously all that we do. Um and really the reason that you know I want to go out and, and try and do my best, um, obviously for him and obviously for, for you guys out there. So obviously appreciate this guy over here and um appreciate you guys as well for for tuning in, you know, when you can. So Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate you as well, bro. I appreciate you as well. This is there's a lot of stuff that we're 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 gearing up for. So you know, yes. you guys definitely be on the lookout for it. Um, you can follow me again if you want to at Derek underscore OTS. That's D E R R I C K, black way to spell it. Most importantly, though, please follow the brand OTS Media Co on all social media platforms. OTS Media on YouTube. Uh, hit that like button, that uh, notification bell, and um, the subscribe button. So you can, you know, be able to find out when we got new things coming to you. Um, again, if you guys have not heard, fans will be back uh, top of the month. A uh, new episode will be out March 1st. So please be on the lookout for that with uh, Chris uh, Robinson and Ash Benny, uh, the, the, the two hosts uh, for the show. So it's going to be a, a great time. Um, I think we're going to we're going to we're, we're still, you know, gearing up a little bit on some of the things we'll be shooting that pretty soon. So. Be on the lookout for it. Uh, thank you guys for watching and or listening. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.